Welcome to the Nancy Things Podcast. I'm your host, Extreme Joaquin. This is episode 14, and today I'm recapping UFC 287. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, just before I get this episode started, I wanted to come out and apologize quickly for the delay. Um, but I went on a trip this week. It was a fun trip, but uh, don't want to get it too too into it because clearly the listeners, uh, we got to get into what I'm talking about today. And uh, clearly, if you heard the intro, you know that today I'm talking about UFC 287, which happened on Saturday. So... Today is actually the 9th, I believe. Yes, I believe it's April 9th. So, yeah, last night. Last night it happened, so April 8th. And, uh, yeah, just to start this card underway here, is I'll start with a couple of preliminary fights that kind of stuck out to me. Um, um, clear, of course, uh, Lupita Lulina's fought this weekend, which was awesome. Um, shout out to Titans MMA Training Center. It's a great gym. And um, if you're looking to, to yeah, to if you check out a solid gym, go to Titans MMA Training Center. They have some phenomenal coaches like uh, Ken Tran and Nabil Salama. And it's also just a very welcoming gym. So by all means, check them out. They're out in Coquitlam. But uh, before, but with that being said, is uh, yeah, Lupita Gurin has got a W, which, um, yeah, I do believe the judges got right. And, yeah, she looked pretty solid. Uh, but with that being said, um, yeah, yeah, she looked great. But uh, the other fights that really stuck out to me were, um, of course, B. Joe Pfeiffer. <laughs> he uh, he looked great again against a veteran in Gerald Merchardt. I always say it wrong, but Ger- Gerald Merchardt. Um, he uh, yeah he clipped him down went Gerald and 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 he finished him off with a couple of punches. Just looked great in the process, and what can I say? Yeah, I'm 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 always cheering for the guy. He has an excellent story. If you guys ever want to really see um, see what he went through, and you know, living being homeless at some points in life, yeah, by all means, he's a he's a guy you want to cheer for. And I would definitely recommend, uh, yeah, just checking out his story and seeing how he got here. Yeah, just exceptional, and I'm I'm really happy he got the W. But uh, moving on to the other preliminary, because this just in just in case I didn't mention it earlier, these are actually just the uh, early prelims, and then we'll get to the main card, right? Which uh, pretty sure everyone's pretty excited about that, right? Is this one was a little dicey, dicey, like you might, like a great man once said. Um, Michelle Waterson against Luana Pinera. Is this one here? I scored it for Michelle Watterson. I thought she did a little bit more, but the judges seem to have given it to Luana Pinera, which, yeah, I just, honestly, I didn't understand it. Um, interesting choice, right? Um, I believe it was by, um, yeah, it was by split decision, I believe it was, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Michelle Watterson did enough. Uh, she she did a lot of damage, especially in the first round, and 
And in the second, I thought Michelle Watterson, for the most part, was winning that round. And the third one could could have gone either way. But, I mean, I, well, sorry, I think the third one went to Luana. But for the most part, I thought it was 2-1. Yeah, weird, weird scorecards. <laughs> what can I say? But um, I guess, the, like the old saying goes, right? Don't leave it to the, don't leave it to the judges, right? And in that case, I think uh, Michelle Watterson probably Garcia, actually, I believe her last name is now. Um, let me just double check that here, just because uh, I don't want to get that wrong. Um, because of, because I believe she also has her husband's last name here, Michelle Watterson. Yeah. So I'm just going to look that up quickly. But either way is, um, yeah, I thought she did more than enough to win. So it was just a little surprising on my end that she uh, she didn't get the nod. Yeah, sorry, it was Gomez. So Michelle Watterson Gomez is the last name. I don't know how I got Garcia, which uh, Professor whatever, some someone out there is probably uh, chastinating my name. Professor Ed, that's, even though he's losing his hearing and shit, uh, He's probably like, what the fuck, man? How'd you get that wrong? But eh, whatever. Professor Ed, get on them medical pills. Um, but anyway, moving on. The the following fight, this one was fucking exceptional. It's uh, Curtis Chris Curtis versus Calvin Gaslam. My lord, what a way to, <laughs> to close out the prelims, man. Those guys went to war, man. And uh, one of the more exciting things that I liked about this was... We sort of saw the Calvin Gaslam of old, man, just very quick on his feet, like quick hands going in and out. He looked exceptional in this fight, man. It's like the same Gaslam that we saw against um, Israel Adesanya, which up until that point, he was the toughest fight of Israel Adesanya's career. You know, I mean, well, before that, I guess Marvin Vittori put up a good fight, but I'm talking guy that came closest to really like beating him at that point was was Calvin Gaslam and there was a which uh he created one of the greatest fights of all time too. I mean it it, it just uh, and he had an exceptional performance because again, right? Like Calvin Gaslam has very quick hands and he can wrestle, right? So just uh it was nice to see him get a big nod and just look good in the process, right? Because in the last few years he really hasn't, um, yeah, he j he's just looked like a shell of himself and being at, at the age of 30, right? Still early and like as far as prime years, he's actually supposed to be in his prime right now. Is he, um, he hasn't really looked that way. But uh, last night, whew, absolutely just looked like the gaslam of old. And no, super excited to see him back and in, into form. And I'm hoping that he can continue this drive and keep fighting this way and and keep getting w's but with that being said also uh chris curtis looked fucking chris curtis had some pretty solid moments uh specifically in that third round man it just ended in a banger anybody that's listening to us uh the nasty listener story out there is um yeah if you if you ever decide to just want to check out a fight or whatnot just yeah check these guys out man it was a good fight uh they went to war uh, it was a pretty solid a back and forth battle and uh, what can I say? No, it was a great fight. Um, decision win for Calvin Gaslam. And uh, I look forward to more Calvin Gaslam. And hopefully he fights the same way the rest of, you know, the, rest of the time on, right? Like just, just like he used to fight because, you know, it was, it was, uh, it, it, I was missing that. What can I say? But um, yeah, man, shout out to Calvin Gaslam. Happy that you're back uh, to look in this, like the Gaslam of old. So shout out to Gaslam. 
great W. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're moving on to none other, none other than um, the main card. And uh, this one right here, yeah, just like the prelims. The prelims fucking, they they were great. But I got to say, uh, the main card was pretty damn good too, right? Just to open, uh, open the card is none other than Raul Rosas Jr., Against Cristiano Rodriguez, not Ronaldo. So all the other football nasty fans over there, my apologies. Cristiano Ronaldo did not do MMA last night. <laughs> is um, so anyway, going on is Raúl Rosas Jr. versus Christ- Cristian Ren- Rodriguez again. Um, so it's funny because uh, you know I think uh, Raúl Rosas Jr. still a very young fighter, right? He's 18 years old. And I believe he just turned 18, but uh, I'm just going to double check that real quickly. But either way, so fighting Cristino Rod- Cristiano Rodriguez, who is 22, I believe. And um, he looked good in the first round. But the issue that I had is just, um, yeah, his pacing was not the finest. And Cristiano Rodriguez is actually 27. But he he basically went in there sprinting just to to eliminate him with no respect or no regard for his opponent. So because of that, it played a major major factor at the, in the end. Because uh, you know he he kind of yeah like okay so so yeah so he's eighteen and he's gonna turn. Uh, let's see here. Sorry, I'm just gonna double check that here. Yeah, so he'll he'll be turning 19 this year, right? So, yeah, um, just uh, very unfortunate. But uh, on on one note, on the positive side of things, right? So he basically, anyway. So getting back to what I, the wording that I was saying before is in the first round, he basically tried to blitz through Rodriguez, right? It didn't work out for him. So in lifetime and in the moment. I remember being like, shit, okay, so is he going to have that same pace and intensity in the second round? Because he used up a lot of energy going for takedowns consistently. He got a few of them. He got into dominant positions. He got his back at at a couple of times in the fight, but he just couldn't get the finish at the end. So unfortunately, that seemed like that was one of the causes of um, him not getting the nod because Cristiano Rodriguez having more experience and being and being a little bit, I would say a little more mature also, um, took advantage of that and just, you know, beat up on Raul Rosas for like a couple of rounds. Um, the other thing to, uh, to come to note is um, his, his striking didn't fully seem there for, you know, because if you, if you make it to the big you know, to the big leagues like the UFC, you, at this point, you have to be extremely complete. And just in those areas, I think uh, he needed a lot of work. And of course, just also pacing yourself, right? I mean, not every opponent's going to be an opponent that you just run run through, right? So I think in that regard, um, I think it'll be a big and learning experience. The only issue that I have is just like um, the great uh, Luke Thomas, which is a guy I listen to uh, quite a bit as far with MMA news and and uh, yeah, he has a great podcast with uh, 
uh, BC, Brian Campbell, shout out to the CEO of PF Changs, is he, uh, but uh, Luke Thomas's breakdown, he, he put it the best, right? Like, it's you're better off specifically when you're at 18 years old, learning in the circuits, signing on to LFA and all, all those little organizations. Because growing in the UFC, that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. You're fight, you're fighting dogs every week, every time you you go out there, right? You're fighting guys with a ton of experience. So, I still believe that there's gonna be a pretty decent ceiling as far as for Raúl Rosas Jr. Just because again, he's 18 years old, man. So he's got a lot to. But yes, he does have a lot to learn. And hopefully, in, in his, uh, hopefully he can get those areas fixed, and hopefully, you know, they don't throw him in against like a monstrous dog that could really shorten his career and not have him develop like he could very well develop, right? Because there are some areas that he's good at, like in, like in getting the back, and he has pretty decent takedowns for the most part. But uh, like uh, getting get like he yeah position like there's some positions he does very well like. Again, like he got the guys back a few times. Uh, he wasn't able to get the submission, but you know he looked he looked solid in the process. So, yeah, I think um, there's a long learning curve for uh, Raúl Rosas Jr. But you know he's 18, turning 19 this year, and um, like I said, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting road, man. Um, we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll see where he goes from there, right? But uh, yeah, um, let's hope for Raúl Rosas Jr. to to really develop well, and uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see what he does in the future. But uh, before we move on, yeah, let's talk about Christian Christian Rodriguez. He looked very good in the process, man. He did everything he had to do. He had a very gutsy performance, and he was actually able to even be like uh, be on top of Raúl Rosas Jr. and inflict a little bit of damage also. So, yeah, he uh, uh, he did everything that he had to do correctly. Outside of, of course, uh, he mentioned it at the post fight also. So. He did miss weight by a pound, but outside of that, he did everything that he needed to do to get the win, and here we are, right? He got the W over Raul Rosas Jr., so yeah, let's hope for Christian Rodriguez to also have a phenomenal career moving forward, and he and can keep improving, and we'll keep following you. But anyway, with that being said, let's move on to the second part of the main card, which this one, I was actually pretty, pretty excited about leading... Um, moving, uh, you know, moving forward, right? Is Kevin Holland against Santiago Panzinibio? So, as you know, Kevin Holland's a little bit of a wild card. He likes to talk to you while you're fighting, and you know, but uh, and uh, at times I feel he gets a little too too into the talking side of things, and then you know he 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 gets distracted and he's having a little bit too much fun out there. But in this case, yeah, I think uh, Kevin Holland looked pretty sharp. Santiago Panzanibio actually didn't look too bad either, which is um, the unfortunate part about Santiago Panzanibio is I always go back to that period in time before he got that injury where he was just beating down guys. I remember he gave, he gave Gunnar Nelson a beatdown. He gave Neil Magny a beatdown. And then after that, he got the injury. And realistically, he just hasn't been the same since then. So it's just, you know, again, very unfortunate. But, uh, you know, this is the game, right? Unfortunately... You can be great one day, and then something can change the uh, ch- just change your career as a whole. And in this case, um, yeah, it was that right? Is uh, that injury just held him back? And then, like since his return, he hasn't really looked the same. But anyway, moving on is 
Yeah, just uh, just a phenomenal fight. I think uh, Kevin Holland uh, looked pretty damn good in the process. Landed a couple of right hands. Uh, in the first round, he ended up dropping him with a slapping like uh, motion punch, like a ground and pound style punch out to the side of his head when Ponzinibbio had his leg, which was which was wild. And and then we went on to the second round. And uh, over there again, Kevin Holland, I thought was pretty ahead at this point, right? It was uh, he won the first round. Um, the the one thing that I'll give uh, Santiago Panzanibio credit for is that he was landing them leg kicks, man. He was not letting he was not letting him go with them leg kicks, man. He was going ham on them leg kicks. If I'm going to be completely honest, and in between you can even see Kevin Holland acknowledging those leg kicks, right? So he was doing some good things, right? But um, you know this, the round ends, and again I had uh, Kevin now Kevin Holland. I had him up two rounds to none for over at Ponzinibbio, and uh, yeah, third round goes in, uh, Ponzinibbio goes back to the leg kicks, and um, yeah, Kevin Holland still sort of using his reach, finally connects in a, in a pretty awesome exchange, lands him, lands a really solid punch out uh, Ponzinibbio there, <laughs> down goes Ponzinibbio, head first to the canvas, and uh at that point, um, yeah, Dan Morgliata did what he had to do. Uh, he, I think Kevin Holland landed a couple of extra shots. And, uh, yeah, finished Ponzinibbio off, which was, uh, which, uh, <laughs> which funny enough is Kevin Holland ra- rushed over across the cage um, and spoke to the president of the UFC, Dana White, and uh, Donald Trump was actually there. So to uh, any of you mega hat-wearing motherfuckers, uh, yeah, your boy was there. Um What's him call it? And he actually acknowledged and said, "This guy ate my fucking legs. My fucking legs hurt." And then at the at the press conference, he had a like a little nice little speech talking about that. He's just like, "I'm not gonna be able to wear my new Nikes because <laughs> a fucking Ponzinibbio on his leg kicks. My feet are hurting." So it was just it was cool. It was cool to see that. Just you know, Kevin. And then he made a call out to to the BMF himself, uh, Gamebred Masvidal. And uh, actually asked him, and beforehand, we got to fight, blah, blah, blah. And uh, don't retire tonight if you, once you lose or whatever. He said some shit like that. And, but we'll get, we'll get into that later on. And, uh, but yeah, called out the BMF. And yeah, I thought Kevin Holland looked good. And yeah, I look forward to seeing more of his fights moving forward. Um, maybe put him against, uh, let's see here, actually. Yeah, there's, that's actually, let's see. Who would I like to see Kevin Holland against? Um, there's a couple of... Uh, Strikers, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight. Is um, but yeah, just 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 out of that right now because again, I like watching Kevin Holland quite a bit. Actually, Kevin Holland's a, a fun guy to watch. So, but uh, yeah, he looked exceptional. His right hand was good, and uh, he, he connected with that quite a bit. So it was yeah, like I said, it was a fun it was a fun fight. And uh, you know what? Yeah, so put maybe do uh, Kevin Holland against Jeff Neal. That would be a fucking banger. Jeff Neal or Vincent Luque. Those. Those are a couple of names I wouldn't mind seeing him fight. And again, they're essentially strikers. But anyway, moving on. So this fight caught me by surprise. None other. This is Rob Font against Adrian Yanis. Wow. So like the old Roy Jones Jr. said, y'all must have forgot. Because I certainly, I certainly did. Is again, I always knew Rob Font was was a very he, he's a very good and sturdy fighter. He's lost his last couple of fights against, uh, obviously, shout out to the Hall of Famer, Jose Aldo. 
Uh, Jose Aldo has a win over him. And then, of course, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite fighters, Chito Vera, um, also, yeah, gave him, actually gave him a pretty big beatdown, man. And the best thing that, the best thing that Rob Font could have done is what he did, is he actually took a, took a little bit of a layoff and uh, just to recuperate and really, really get back to, to form, right, is he did all that. And clearly, you can see that that uh, that he actually that that it that it benefited him, right? Because a lot of guys come back too soon, and then they're shop worn because of it. So in that case, you know, I think that um, I think the Rob Font um, made the best decision he could have made by doing that is now because yeah, like I said, a lot of guys come back too soon, and then they're shop worn, and then they get clipped right away. But uh, Adrian Giannis, uh, going into the, sorry, Adrian Giannis, is, he was looking phenomenal, man, like five fights in the UFC, and if I'm not correct, if I'm, if I'm not correct here, I believe he had five finishes too, so, and just his boxing looked phenomenal, and just, uh, just sharp, and his overall striking just looked great, so, just, uh, you know, so I came into the fight, and I'm not gonna deny it here, so, that, and I thought he was actually going to win. Like, I thought he was going to actually, uh, what, what's I'm going to call it? I thought he was actually going to run through Rob Fawn and actually be the first to stop Rob Fawn. But, boy, um, was I wrong. And uh, just uh, just to those before, like I said before, and I believe he had five finishes. He had five finishes in the UFC. And then if you include Dana White's contender series, he had six straight finishes leading into this fight against Rob Fawn. So just with all that being said, and then Rob Font losing to Aldo and Chito Vera, which again, I should have I probably put into account that it's Jose Aldo, and which long, long time Hall of Famer legend, and Chito Vera, who's up until recently against Corey Steinhagen has been looking phenomenal, and I still think it potentially could be a, a champ in the future also. So again, I should have probably put that into account. And he proved me wrong because not from the early going, it already looked like Rob Font w- was leading the charge. He had a very hard and sharp jab, and he was just clipping Giannis left and right until eventually he finished him off in at two minutes and 57 seconds of the first round on top of that. So we're talking... Yeah, he he clearly did everything he had to do, and he finished off Giannis, um, and he looked great doing so. So, yeah, shout-out to Rob Font, man. But uh, on another note, talking to Adrian Giannis is... Good thing about Giannis is he can go back to the drawing board and, you know, just uh, fix a couple of flaws in his game and just uh, just get better, right? Cause, and he will. I still think potentially Adrian Giannis is going to be... Uh, world of he's going to be a dangerous guy to any 135er in that division but that's just how crazy this division really is because I mean I was already talking I was already thinking that Rob Font was done and and here he's still like they say he's still here y'all must have forgot man and he he what a vicious knockout by the way on Adrian Giannis so an advice to Giannis I hope he takes a little bit of time off 
recovers properly, then comes back and just keeps doing what he's been doing before and then just adjusts a couple of areas. But, you know, good thing is he's 29 years old and he's still got room to grow. And, um, and uh, yeah, he's got plenty of time to grow. So, yeah, just work on some areas, get back to the, get back to the drawing boards, et cetera, and work, really work on your game. Rob Font, I'm excited to see whoever you want to fight next, which um, in the grand scale of the 135ers, it's just, again, just a, <laughs> that division is just stacked. And, um, but, uh, but uh, what's I'm going to call it? You know, there's a ton of big names there that he could fight. I would, um, as far as contenders for the UFC bantamweight. So, you know, on the top of my head, um, let's see who would be uh, who would be some who'd be who'd be some, who'd be a solid fight for him. Yeah, like let's see here. So he lost to Marlon Vera, right? He lost to Jose Aldo, but Jose Aldo is also sort of. Um, Jose Aldo also just retired recently, so you can't really do that. So what I would probably do with Rob Font, which, uh, let's see here. So there's Yang, Yang, Song Yadong. Huh. Um, you know what? A good scrap would actually be him against, um, I would, him against Peter Yan. And uh, a, a big step up for, uh, for Rob Font and, a bit of a step down, which again, not shitting on Rob Font. Rob Font's a game fighter, but a bit of a step down for Pewter Jan. That could be a good one. Or you can even do a fun fight against him and Christian Gutierrez, which uh, Christian Gutierrez has been looking good as of late. So those are a couple of fights that I think that could be, come to mind as far as I'm concerned. And uh, But anyway, moving on to none other than the co-main event of the evening. This one stung a bit because, again, just uh, it's uh, Masvidal against Gilbert Burns, and uh, as you can as you can tell by me saying that it was it hurt a bit, is it was um, clearly I'm a big Jorge Masvidal fan, and um, unfortunately, yeah, he fought he fought Gilbert Burns. There was a couple of good things that I took out of this matchup. One of them being, I really did like how Masvidal, for the most part, looked in the first round. He was landing those leg kicks left and right. And uh, for the most part, I thought he was getting, he was doing the better striking in the exchanges against uh, Gilbert Burns. Um, I thought he was, he, he did very well in the first round. But then uh, Gilbert Burns does, uh, did, uh, well, really went after. <laughs> One of the things that many of the previous fighters, for the most part, of course, outside of the Usman second fight, where I think Masvidal was waiting too much for that takedown, and well, we saw what happened there. Um, is uh, yeah, he took him down, controlled him for the most of that round, won the second, third round. For the most part, Masvidal was looking all right in the early uh, early uh, parts of it. But again, I felt that Gilbert Burns just did more than enough in the second portion and just started landing the bigger shots. And here we are. Gilbert Gilbert Burns wins a decision over Masvidal. Calling, and the unfortunate part is, this would mark um, the last fight in Jorge Masvidal's career. He hung his gloves, but he also did it 
in his home city of Miami, which, uh, like he said, he started in the city and now he's ending in the city. So a bummer. I really enjoyed watching this guy fight, but you know, everyone, everyone uh, has their day, and 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 like Masvidal said, he's made all the money, and he just doesn't have it anymore, which is unfortunate because it, it happens in the sport, right? Is one fight from the other, you could be you, you could be the world's fucking biggest world beater beating everyone and then from one night to the other it's just you know you lose an ounce of a step and that ounce of a step makes a difference and Masvidal uh, credit to him realized that yeah I'm just I don't have uh I don't have I don't have what I used to have so because of that you know he's calling it a career but at least he's calling it a career at I would believe yeah roughly the right time because realistically he could have lost this. Okay, he loses this fight. Is he still a marketable star? So he could have really just went on and took money fights, right? Like he could have got maybe, uh, maybe had Conor McGregor go up and wait. Or Conor, I believe, is actually fighting at one seventy in his next, next weight class, next fight anyway. Could have got a Conor McGregor payday. Could have done a couple of other big fights, but you know he realized that he's he just doesn't have. Uh, he he lo- he's lost a bit of a step. When you lose a bit of a step is we start getting beating. So leaving at the right time, shout out to Con, uh, to uh, Jorge Masvidal, and uh, yeah, I wish him a phenomenal retirement. But moving on to Gilbert Burns is, yeah, Gilbert Burns did everything he had to do to win. He looked good in the process, and he still looks like an elite um, title contender. So guys like Leon Edwards, who is, who is the current champ, fighters like Colby Covington, um... Oh, Shafkat Rachmanov, whew, let's not forget about that motherfucker, is uh, like, watch out for Gilbert Burns, he's still here, and Gilbert, and uh, in my opinion, is, uh, he's actually trouble for a lot of these guys, because people forget that he's got a phenomenal ground game, his, his, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and he's a third degree Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, which um, none other than Rogan said, I think like five or six times, uh, in the uh, the pay per view we just saw, so yeah, maybe take a shot for every time he said it. <laughs> yeah, he um, he has a lot of uh, competition in that weight class too, but and he's still he's still a highly ranked fighter. So there's a lot of fights that you can really set him up with. You know, like what comes to mind is, I mean, I believe Shavkat's busy. Um, you could also do. I mean, I hate to <laughs> hate to do this, but. You could also give him Balaam Muhammad, man. Since clearly in the direction the UFC seems to be going is it looks like Colby Covington will be getting the next title shot. So why not do Gilbert Burns? Oh, actually, wait, is Bilal Muhammad? Actually, I might. No, yeah, scratch that. I just, I believe the Shavkat's actually fighting Bilal. Never mind. So again, um, he's just a very stacked uh, division, in my opinion. But uh, but uh, obviously, but there's there's plenty of guys you can give Gilbert Burns, in my opinion. And uh, like, uh, but yeah, Bilal Muhammad, that's a bummer. I just realized that he is fighting Shaf, that I think he is fighting Shafkat Rachmanov. So in the meantime, because clearly, like I would, uh, Hamza Shamayev is the guy that I actually wanted to get the shot at the welterweight king, Leon Edwards. But uh, he's kind of, uh, I hear he's going to middleweight, so that can't happen. So I would say for, let's see, uh, for uh, none other than Gilbert Burns, 
is since you can't, because it's looking like Bilal is going to be fighting Shafkat Rachmanov. Uh, Gilbert Burns already fought. Wonderboy Thompson is Colby. It looks like he's fighting for the title. Is I guess you can match him against just as a as a way to keep him busy. Is you can give him um, Vincent Luque or uh, yeah maybe let's just I'm just seeing here because or you can also just give him yeah you know I I would say maybe Vincent Luque would be. Uh, Luke is always tough. He's actually wait. No, sorry. I just remember they're fucking friends. No, they won't fight each other. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I guess you know you can always do. Uh, let's see here. Wow, that's this is actually. You know what? Give him Michael Chiesa as a return fight. Um, Michael Chiesa was supposed to fight on this card also, but his fight got canceled last minute. So why not set that up? Anyway, moving on to the main event of the evening. And I gotta say, this fucking delivered is none other than Alex Pereira Poaton against Israel style bender Adesanya. Fuck. This fight delivered, man. And um, delivered in many ways. Again, like the first round was just a very technical and feeling out round. I, I slightly scored it for Adesanya. But before all that, man, the entrances, man, you just saw the intensity from both guys, man. And one of the things that I loved about the intensity is just before the fight even started is um, they, they, they had their eyes locked and they didn't stop staring at each other. It was just locked with intensity, man. These guys wanted it. And Adesanya, even before he walked in, like, he yelled it out. He's just like, this is my fucking, this is my fucking town or some shit like that. Anyway, what he meant is, like, this is my fucking, you know, this is my, my company, right? So, and he, and he was the king for many years until Pereira landed that rocket monstrous left hook that, like, closed the show. <laughs> is, uh, anyway, yeah, just great walk-ins and the intensity in both of these guys' eyes was just fucking awesome. And uh, the and of course, Poatan being a very intimidating man, just barely moving and just staring. I believe the commentators were even saying, "Hey, uh, like they were even betting, hey man, will he actually move?" Uh, he did end up moving just to, <laughs> but uh, but it was but it was all all in fun. Is yes, yeah, so Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira very competitive, very close, very close first round, and. Uh, Adesanya, I believed, edged it by just a little bit. But again, Pereira was landing them leg kicks, man. And we saw what those leg kicks did in the first fight. They at near the end, like in the fifth round where Adesanya got stopped, is Adesanya even said he's just like it really wasn't the the leg check that that hurt me and had me rolling. It was uh the accumulation of leg kicks that really affected me at the end and as you as you see in this uh in the fight here is yeah he went back to doing that and it looked like uh it was doing a bit of damage because but adesanya was switching stances and he kept connecting connecting with his right hand but he went orthodox to southpaw but either way he had a very good first round now heading into the second round um 
Adesanya, Adesanya going more on the aggressive. Like, he he just wanted to put this guy's lights out. And at the moment, I remember saying to myself, like, what's he doing, man? You do not want to go... You do not want to go into that burning kitchen and get burnt, man. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Sorry for that shitty uh, little tidbit I said there. I just re-listened to that myself right now. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Anyway, getting moving on. His, he he went into the to the den of the lion. And, man, did he... He, he went in ham. And uh, and there was a moment where, uh, where it looked like Pereira had hurt him. And at that moment, I was like, oh, shit. The, a repeat of the last fight, except early in the second round. But Adesanya, up against the cage, looked very composed. He's landing. He even threw a knee at one point. And then it just looked like Adesanya at that moment was just waiting, waiting, waiting. Boom. He connects with that huge right. Wobbles Pereira. Then connects again. Bam. Down goes Pereira. Out cold. And then at that moment, Dan Morgliata comes in to separate them and save the day. And uh, in the process, Adesanya does a little throwback to what um, Pereira's son did, which was with the bow and arrow, right? He aimed it and fired it at him. Adesanya does the same thing in return and fires like 10 of them (laughs) in the process. And Adesanya finally gets his redemption and his revenge. And my God, was it cold. And the crazy thing about um, just this fight in general is that knockout was, fuck, like like I said a few minutes ago, it was fucking vicious, man. And the way Pereira went out, man, it was something that I thought I'd never see, man. And uh, just, just phenomenal performance by Israel Adesanya. Exceptional, I would say. And like he, like he talked about it right after, right? about how he sort of played possum in that moment, right? He really held back and uh, just sort of let Pereira unload a little bit, which, again, it's a very dangerous um, game plan in a sense, right? Because, I mean, it could have really backfired, but in this case it didn't, and revenge is served cold, I guess, and that's exactly what Adesanya did. Fuck, just a remarkable fight. And also just a little bit of class at the end, that little message that Adesanya gave to all his fans and just everyone out there, man. Just go for it and do what you, you know, essentially, you know, whatever it is that you're doing out there, no matter how hard it is, work for it and get it done, man. And, you know, I I stand by that, man, is, um, you know, those are some wise words by Adesanya and I respect that and I agree, man. I mean, let's... Let's go for it, guys. And, uh, you know, that. but yeah, just a, just a remarkable for performance for the most part from Adesanya. And just, you know, I was, um, yeah, it was just an exceptional fight too, man. And, you know, Adesanya got it done. And I think that was the, that was the important thing. He got that grill off his back, man. You know, he, he went in there. And on top of that, this time, it's oddly enough is he kept talking about how he was going to end this early. And myself included, you know, because realistically in this fight, I can with an open heart say that I couldn't really decide who I was going to pick. Because on one end, you know, you had Adesanya with, for the most part, he's been doing mixed martial arts a lot longer than Pereira, which is remarkable that Pereira became champ in that many fights, right? Like it was very little amount of fights. 
But, I mean, he did look vicious in the process, right? Like knocking out Sean Strickland and um, knocking out, uh, can't, can't, uh, forget the guy's name, but his previous opponent, he knocked him out also. So And then before that, he won a decision, I believe. So either way, he's, he was looking good in the process, and then he, he clips out of Sanya. And it's just, um, again, like going back to what I was saying before, is it was just one of those things where it was just very hard to really pick who was going to be the victor. And with Adesanya saying he was going to end them like quickly, that that on its own, I was just like, nah, no way, man. I mean, what I thought is that Adesanya, this time around, what I thought he was going to do is just maybe utilize a bit of the grappling, not as heavily as the previous fight. Because in the previous fight, um, I felt that that, yeah, that was effective, but it also sort of wore him out later on. And of course, those leg kicks, which again, Pereira showed in this fight even, that those leg kicks uh, were compromising Adesanya himself for for a little bit, right? Because um, is, yeah, I just thought that uh, what uh, Pereira, well, sorry, Adesanya was going to do this time around was just be essentially he had to be perfect and i thought he was if he was going to win it was going to be by decision and in a very perfect um uh basically perfect right like because against Pereira, you can't make a mistake not even for a second because he lands one of them rocket left hooks or any of those punches for that matter the guy hits like a truck then you know you're looking at yeah that's the end <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why I said, oh, he probably won a decision, maybe strike a little, grapple a little bit, mix it up a little bit and see where it goes from there. But boy, was I wrong. Is Instead, he, he went into the the lion's den and put it on Pereira and he came out on top. What can I say? Great game plan from uh, Aresanya. Ended up winning his title back. I'm excited about what comes next, um, which in my opinion, that's kind of tough, actually. The middleweight division, for the most part, Adesanya's kind of cleared it for the most part. Outside of the Pereira fight, which was the most, yeah, this one right here, is, yeah, there's not a real clear-cut contender right now because Robert Whitaker, he's beaten twice. Marvin Vittori, he's beaten twice. Jared Cannonier, he's beaten. Um, and then right now he just got a W over Pereira. So the division's pretty open as far as contenders go, right? Like, there's just not really anyone that sticks out. I, I think I read somewhere else that they'd like to see an automatic rematch for Adesanya. Or, sorry, for Pereira, which you could do that, actually, because the division is pretty open right now. And, like, uh, you look at the top guys, right? And for the most part, you know, like, there's not really... Um, he's beaten just about everyone because Paul Acosta, he still needs a couple of wins to get back in there also on top of that. And uh, he's beaten, of course, um, of course he's beaten uh, like Robert Whitaker and, you know, like Cannoneer and all those guys. I mean, the only guy that really comes to mind is Sean Strickland, but Sean Strickland is just coming off a win recently. And before that, he lost a decision to Jared Cannonier. And then previous to that, he got knocked out by Alex Pereira. So really, I mean, there's Sean Strickland. Yeah, there's not really a clear-cut contender at this current moment. So, yeah, you know what? Um, 
you know what you could you could do uh you could do uh depending on how Pereira is um feeling you could do part three and then just sort of let the rest of division the division sort of catch up and and we can find a real clear-cut contender for the middleweights because as of right now man there's not really I mean the guy that was coming to mind before all this was Roman Dolize was a guy that was that came to mind but he just lost to Marvin Vittori and in a performance where Marvin Vittori actually looked very good it looked like he really did improve in a lot of areas that he was missing which is for the most part striking and um, I think he's just gotta the big thing with uh, Vittori is he's gotta find ways to finish opponents be it in grappling striking mostly in the grappling if he can get like some vicious ground and pound then it could be a difference maker because again Marvin Vittori is actually a very good fighter just he, he has those holes but yeah just looking at the grandscape of uh the grand scheme of things for the middleweight division is yeah there really isn't a clear-cut number one contender so you know what I might agree with uh this uh the great uh um eric over there mma eric who's uh who actually runs the mma outsiders page is i might i might agree with him on this one is yeah i guess i would do um the last style bender against uh Poatan for a third time might as well and then just finish this trilogy in uh finish off this trilogy see who the better man is unless um Poatan decides to go up to 205 or adesanya does the same but I, I'm thinking that it makes the most sense currently, just with the, the the big scheme of everything, that you do you do part three. Uh, typically, me myself, I'm not the biggest fan of automatic rematches, but in this case, it just makes the most sense. So, yeah, I guess do um, Poatan versus Adesanya three, and I guess in the uh, <laughs> if you include the kickboxing fights, there's. So that would be five. I could, that'd be five fights, actually. Let's see. Two in kickboxing, one in MMA, this one over here. Yeah, so there would be, <laughs> if you include the kickboxing, part five. So, yeah, I guess I would do that. So uh, do Poatan versus Stylebender. Yeah, I guess that's the one that makes the most sense because now that I looked at the division, for the most part, yeah, that, as of right now, you do that one and then you let the rest of the contenders because um the other guy that like you know is on the rise is Drickus de, de Plus. I can't I can't say his name sorry if I got it wrong. He's looked very good but uh again you know he's he he I think he still needs um a couple of uh big name wins still because realistically his uh, three biggest wins are Derek Brunson which yeah of course Derek Brunson's a big win. He's a he's been a consistent top top 10 to top five middleweight for years he has a win over brad tavares who is always a tough out and um and he's actually also tough to finish which funny enough is the um Ar armin sorry uh no not sorry you can god i was gonna get that wrong there is this crazy that that uh, what's i'm gonna call it is uh it's crazy that the one guy that really finished him was edmund Shabazian, that's what I was thinking of. But outside of that, nobody's really been able to finish him. Even the great Adesanya couldn't finish him either. So, yeah, he's a good fighter. He's a he's a fighter on the rise, but I still think he needs another clear-cut top contender win because it's Brad Tavares and then Darren Till, which 
Darren Till, as of late, it's very hit or miss, and he actually currently is taking some time off because just to figure himself out, and I think it's needed because I think Darren Till is actually a very skilled and talented fighter, but maybe he just needs a little bit of a step back and just reassess everything, work on some areas. But that's the only guy that really comes to mind as far as like middleweights right now that they could possibly fight Adesanya. So I think, yeah, I think it's better off you do the trilogy or part five if you include the kickboxing. And then after that, you know, you just, uh, after that you you see who has the most import, um, impressive performance out of everyone, right? So that's what I would do as far as the next matchup for, no no point in even mentioning, Poetana basically said, that he's, he, he'll, he'll be fighting Adesanya next. That's what I would do. Maybe hold off on it a little bit too. Uh, maybe have them fight end of the year or something like that. That way Poetan can recover. Um, and of course, depending if Poetan wants to wants to go up to 205 or not, if most likely he won't just because he did just lose to Adesanya. So I think, yeah, they're going to do part three. And um, yeah, that's um, that, that's what I would say they, is the best answer too. So... Yeah, and just, um, but phew, what a performance, and honestly, to anyone that's not the biggest uh, fan of MMA, uh, yeah, well, it's it was a great night, a great night of fights, for sure, and um, yeah, the prelims were good, the main card was good, the main event delivered, what can I say, excellent night of fights, so, but with that being said, before I let everyone go, is I did want to quickly talk about... Um, the recent merger of uh, uh, WWE now being part of the same now being part of the same company in a sense because of the uh, the owners. So now I believe in the owners just to make sure. So Endeavor is now which has WME etc is now the owner of the WWE and the UFC. Pretty fucking insane. So, and um, on one side, I think it's kind of cool because maybe this will sort of give uh, some of the fighters in uh, the UFC um, corporation an opportunity to have a little more fun with the ring entrances because, uh, you know, outside of a few... Um, fighters from the past, like Tito Ortiz used to have a pretty solid, like a pro wrestling style entrance. And of course, more currently, Adesanya did have that dance he did out in, um, I believe it was Australia. I'm just, uh, let's look that up. Is uh, But either way, like Adesanya or Adesanya with the uh, walking in as the undertaker and stuff like that, is maybe it'll be, they'll be a little more lenient in the opportunity to, yeah, have a little more fun with that, right? Because I think that's one of the more fun sides of uh, of combat sports is sometimes you have the like pro wrestling style entrances like back in boxing. I remember Nassim Hamed or Hamed, yeah, the Prince Prince Hamed is uh, he used to have these fucking awesome entrances where he'd essentially come like in one of them he came in in a fucking magic carpet. So I always thought those entrances were a lot of fun. So. On that note, I think that's pretty cool. Um, on another side, it's just, yeah, it's interesting, man. I mean, they're now one-on-one, so it's just, it's insane. And um, maybe maybe with that, we'll see 
some pro wrestlers sort of show up to events like you know we'll see maybe the undertaker hanging out watching the event maybe we'll see crossovers like having some mma fighters go in and do a little bit of pro wrestling and on another note the thing that actually came to mind i was thinking about this the other day because a merger was announced this week was one of the things that came to mind is brock lesnar used to compete in the ufc like quite quite a quite a time ago but he had but you know he ended up leaving and going back to pro wrestling is now they could actually probably do some pretty easy negotiations with Brock Lesnar because now that they're part of the same umbrella maybe there's a possibility of Brock Lesnar coming back and doing a a one and done sort of thing right like uh I know that John Jones has spoken in the past that he really wanted to fight Brock Lesnar cuz he inter- entertains him he the idea just uh, fascinates him right because Lesnar is just a fucking monster of a man and he also has uh, just an incredible NCAA wrestling record. And say what you want about the guy, but he was a former UFC champ too, man. And, you know, he was able to defend his title too against uh, Shane Carwin. And I believe, let me see. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, Shane Carwin and Frank Mayer. I was just remembering because he took the title from Randy Couture. So, yeah, maybe we can see... Uh, a future Brock Lesnar versus John Jones fight for the UFC heavyweight title. Just, uh, yeah, you know, have a little fun with it. Specifically with, um, you know, with everything going on in the UFC currently. Why not? So, you know, yeah, with UFC 287 happening or not, is, you know, uh, it would be kind of insane if somehow for UFC 300, because if you can believe it, he was actually he was part of 100 and 200. And then if they somehow sign him on for UFC 300, do Jones versus, uh, and hopefully by the, well, well, Jones versus, uh, versus, um, versus, uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar. Hopefully, uh, well, depending, right? Because what I was trying to say, sorry for slurring my words there, ladies and gentlemen, is, Depending if they somehow got Francis, if they got Francis Ngannou back by then, then we don't know really who the heavyweight champion is, and of course other ones. But just in a theoretical world, it would be pretty crazy if they somehow brought brought back Brock Lesnar to fight uh, John at, at heavyweight, or you know what? Come to think of it, or if they just brought him back in general just to fight another heavyweight on that card because he was featured on 100 and 200. So it'd be insane if they featured him in 300. So. Negotiations for Brock Lesnar could very well be done a lot easier, and um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's crazy, but and uh, it's crazy the amount, the value of it too, the the price that they paid. I'll, I'll actually just throw the number out there at nine point three billion. Is how much the WWE costs. That's insane. And uh, just wild that that now Ari Emanuel is now also part of the WWE family. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I'm not the. I'm, I used to be a pretty big pro wrestling fan back in the day, but currently, if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't follow it as as much as others. I know Professor Ed and his Walker right now is just. 
listening and being like this motherfucker, right? You know, because, or, Sonny, this is a tough one, uh, you know, because Professor Red's a pretty big uh, pro wrestling fan, specifically more so in the 90s and 80s. So he's probably listening to this one in his walker right now, pu- plugging in is that, that other piece of uh, listening hardware on, onto his ear to be able to make sh- and maybe put pressing it up a little bit just to make sure he's hearing what I'm saying right. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, either way is, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a, well, it's good on WME. And of course, um, I think it'll actually benefit the UFC in some sort of sense is because, you know, may, they'll do a lot of promotions for, from the WWE side, like, oh, UFC event, so-and-so. So I think in the long run, it could actually be a good thing. I think it'll benefit both sides. And uh, yeah, just before I let everyone go, um, I did want to mention is a few things. So one of them is we actually are, in the near future, we are going to do a pro wrestling episode where we discuss some of our favorite pro wrestling moments from the past. Because uh, just like, um, you know, Extreme Joaquin over here, Professor, old man, Professor Ed, that probably he loved a lot of his pro wrestling from the early 60s and 70s. So listening to some of his favorites would be fascinating. And I have a couple of the other nasty things, crew crew members that are going to be a part of this. So this is going to be a pretty big episode. Um, TBE, so it'll be announced soon. But um, yeah, we're just going to talk about some of our favorite matches and some of our favorite um, wrestlers from the past. Because again, like I said, I used to I used to watch it quite a bit when I was younger. And Professor Ed's been watching it since 60s or 50s or 70s. So we're going to have possibly Professor Ed and a few, and Hot Takes Alvarez is, uh, is a sure thing, and a few of the other members to, for this episode. It should be a pretty big one, so I'm excited when... When the episode is going to go down, I'll actually, I'll actually let you guys know a week in advance. So book your calendars. This one's going to be fun. And uh, make sure to listen to that one. That one's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, anyway, moving on. is um, a, couple of an- a couple of quick things I wanted to mention just before I let you guys go. Is just uh, make sure to follow us on our Reddit page, Nasty Things. And also... Now we have our own Instagram page, which ran by Mystic Scar, and uh, make sure to give that a follow. So it's a Nasty Things podcast Instagram page, and over there you can send send DMs at any time about some of the topics you want us to talk about. But yes, it's our official Instagram page, and of course, to uh, everyone listening to us, is yeah, just make sure to check us out on every anywhere that you can really find us. So Spotify. Um, and some of the other, uh, Apple, Mu- Apple music will be soon. Um, but just, just about anywhere, we're everywhere. And, um, that's, yeah, just make sure to check us out there. And with that being said, stay nasty. Yeah.